הרנו מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שלכנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכנע עשר הקדוש ומשבח אצמה ובפחד לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו נמנחנה ומקור חוכמה רבנו נחמן מפגע בן שמחה נא נח נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן וברוך השם בצורה בין תסיכות ערן lesson 96 part 2 where בעזרת השם today we're gonna finish it we already talked about in last episode How Rabbeinu explains a person needs to accustom himself to entering the world to come, to live in the world to come, as if he's already there. And the way to do so is to separate oneself from the desires of this world. Because the more you're attached to this world, the more you're attached to the desires of this world, the more you are contingent on that thing, the less happy you are as a person. The more you need of that to actually be sustained. We know the, the famous Gmaha, which says, um, a person does not die with half his Tavato uh, Be'ado. Um, half his desires in his hand. The more you try to, to put yourself under the dominion of this world, the more you fall under the... The more you need this world, the more you need the, the, the desires of this world, the, the physicality of this world, the more it takes away from you. The more it demands from you. And therefore, it sucks you into, a, into, a, into something which makes you constantly draw and run after it. And... Um, It, it sucks you into this never-ending, never-ending desire for, for physicality, for materialism. Um, and that falls with all the desires. Kavod, um, the sexual desire, um, food, uh, drink, everything. Um, and Rabenu, we're going to continue on this idea we discussed last, uh, at the end of the uh, last podcast. Halakha Chamim say, at the end of Masechet Uktin, That the Akadosh Baruch Hu will give each and every tzaddik 310 world, 310 worlds, and more on this idea we're going to discuss right now. You want to know how the tzaddik builds these 310 worlds? He builds these 310 worlds through strife. We're going to explain what that means. How the strife which the, which the tzaddik is faced with, um, he uses that strife and he builds 310 worlds with it. All the words of strife, strife which a person in which an individual speaks are the aspect of stones. These words of strife are an aspect of stones. Because we know letters are called stones. It's brought down in the book Sefer Yetzirah, the book of formation. At the end, as we know over there that two houses build, uh, sorry, two stones build two houses. Three stones build uh, six houses. We know the factorial of each, each of these numbers. Uh, two, three, of course, four is totally different. That's four times three times two. So that's uh, 24. Four stones build 24 houses, etc., etc., etc. Look how far it can go. Rabbi Natan has a beautiful inyan on this. Nikut um, Arachot, Rabbeinu explains this in Nikut Moran. Lesson uh, 18 and lesson, of course, the very famous lesson. Um, The last lesson he ever gave in volume 2 of Likud Amor, lesson 8, section 6 over there, speaks about the houses. And this is something very big, the calculations that happen whenever you put a few different souls together. That's in a different context. Rabbeinu is explaining that the stones um, represent letters. Or these letters are called stones. As Badan and Sefer Yetzirah, uh, two stones built six houses. This represents the slippery stones. Why? Because Chaluke is applying the word Machloket. Chalukei Banim is what is mentioned over there in Shmuel Aleph, chapter 17, verse 40, about the slippery stones. And this, uh, the slippery aspect represents Machloket. 
Because these stones, these letters essentially, which are created from the words of strife, they're slippery. They have no ability to join things together. Why? Because something that slips together cannot be joined together with something else. Um, it separates itself from something. Therefore, because machloket causes strife, it separates. It doesn't join together. But the tzaddik, what's his job? He takes these stones, these letters, these words that others speak against him, and he joins them together and builds from these words houses. Because what's the tzaddik doing? He makes, he joins these words together. He makes peace from these letters, which are slippery. And he puts these stones, which are initially slippery, and he joins them together like glue. Until he builds a beautiful house out of this. And this represents what we, what we call Shalom Bayit, a peaceful home. That he creates from these slippery stones a peaceful home. Imagine the level you have to be at to do such, a, such an avodah. And from these homes, you create a city. And we're going to see how the tzaddiki judges these people who judge him negatively, positively. He judges them positively. In Sichotaran, we're going to get to this later. He explains that, um, he says that, I too would also argue against myself with what these people are claiming against me. Meaning that what these people are claiming to say that I did, I too don't, don't agree with that. That if they are saying what they're saying about me, if, if that's what they're claiming, then I too would also agree with that claim. But I, I never did that. I never did that. With that, Rabenu was judging these people positively by saying that what? That they're actually right if that's what... It, if that's what they're claiming about Rabenu, then they are right. But Rabenu is saying that they don't know better because they don't know him, that he didn't do those things. We're going to see how Rabenu judges people positively. This is just one example in Chaim Moran, which Rabenu explains this idea. And he explains how he judges those who um, judge him negatively. He judges actually them positively and he brings them to the side of uh, merit. But we're going to see how he, by doing that, he builds homes. He builds um, batim and... Uh, he, um, what we just talked about above, he builds these 310 worlds. So from these homes that the tzaddik builds, with the, with the joining together of these stones, these words of strife, he builds a city. Once he builds a few homes, he builds a city. Until after city after city, he builds an entire world, and then he does this 310 times over. <laughs> and this is what it says over there in Mishle. Chapter 8, verse uh, 21, which is the source that the tzaddikim get 310 worlds, that Hashem says that I may uh, give, that I may grant, uh, to grant, to those who love me, yesh, uh, a substance, something sub- uh, substantial. But yesh is a gematria of 310, which is the 310 worlds that we're talking about. Shai olamot. And Rabbeinu explains, Ohavai daika, specifically he uses the word in the verse, Ohavai, my loved ones. Oh, sorry, to those who love me. Why? Because it's, it's specifically hinting to the, the concept of love and peace. Because through the love, the, through the, um, the Ahava, he creates Yesh. Through the Ahava that Tzadik does, through the Ahava and the peace which the Tzadik infuses into the words of um, strife, he creates 310 worlds. That those slippery stones become um, joined together through love.
unto peace. וזה מה שאמרה אביגיל לדוד בעת שחלק עליו נבל ודיבר עליו שרה כנאמר שם. And this is what אביגיל told David, David המלך, at the time when נבל spoke against David and created a strife and opposition against him, spoke falsehood against him. כנאמר שם, as it says over there, אמרה לו, that אביגיל uh, basically said along the lines of what is mentioned um, over there in Shmuel Aleph, Chapter 25, verse 28. It's not exactly phrased like this. And this is more close to what is mentioned in a different part in Shmuel Aleph. But um, nonetheless, this is along the lines of what she said. And now I know that you sh- that um, God will make for you a house. This is what she told David. And now explaining what we just mentioned above, Rab- Rabbi- Rabbi- is now un- now gives us a secret as to what this me- really means. Meaning through the strife which is against, the, the strife which has been created against you, David, Hashem will make a house out of all those stones, those words of strife against you. And the way he does this is because it's Sadiq, he always inclines towards Chesed, towards kindness. And he judges all those who oppose him. Even the Sadiq, those who oppose him, he judges positively. How did the tzaddik judge them positively? He tells Hashem, he says that they're, these people who are opposing me, their intention is for the sake of heaven. They're doing it for you. Because the truth is, the world cannot endure the light of the tzaddik. The light of the tzaddik is so great, the world cannot tolerate it. And it's also because the tzaddik has many accusations, many great judgments against him. The true tzaddik especially. The greater the tzaddik, of course, the greater the opposition. This is why we see with Chaben, with the opposition that, that still exists. The greater the tzaddik, the greater the opposition. We see, the opposition. We see this with Moshe Chaben, and time and time again with all the great tzaddikim in our history. Therefore, these people oppose the tzaddik. And by opposing the tzaddik, they actually silence those supernal judgments and accusations. As we're going to see here, we already discussed this in Sikhot another lesson, how when a person takes upon himself to cause suffering or to cause judgment to another person, then once there's judgment down below, judgments up above disappear. And essentially, the Yetzirah no longer, um, uh, he, ta- he takes away its role from judging that person. Why? Because someone else uh, decided to take judgment upon him. Just like we see whenever there's a strict, harsh judgment upon a person. And we see that another person says, and he dons himself with this garment of kinav, jealousy and vengeance, zealous, zealousness. And he says, I will go and I will t- take revenge on this person and I will create a judgment on him. By doing this, through this, he silences all the other um, judgments and all the other accusations from all those um, accusing angels up there that he would never be able to tolerate in a million years. <laughs> Essentially, what this man is doing by creating opposition against him is actually a chesed. It's actually a kindness. Why? Because the accusations which he was supposed to have from on high were much greater and were much more intolerable than the ones that are being brought to him by this man. We see that this man bring him revenge 
is actually a very great benefit to this person. Because of course it's better to endure the judgment of this person, which he can tolerate, than the judgment of the accusing angel, which he would never be able to tolerate at all. And as we mentioned before, we see this with regard to Pinchas, in the act of Zimri, that Zimri, whenever he took this Kozbi uh, Batsur, this woman from the, this, uh, this uh, prince, princess from Midian, and had relations with her in front of the tent of Moshe Rabbeinu, when Zimri took it upon himself to create this act of vengeance for God, um, we're going to see what this really what really happened there. Because if it were not for Pinchas, the judgment of Bnei Israel was that they were supposed to be sentenced to destruction. They were also they were all supposed to die because many took part in the sin. But by the fact that Pinchas went out and took God's vengeance upon himself, through this, he silenced all the judgments from upon the Jewish people. He silenced the Yetzirah. He silenced the Malach Hamavid, the angel of death that brought down, brought down in the Zohar, Parashat Pinchas. This Inyan. Kemosh HaKetubit is brought down in Sefer Bamidbar, chapter 11. That God says, when Pinchas took my revenge among them, and I didn't, I decided not to destroy them. Because one who creates opposition against a tzaddik and says, I will show him my strength and I will show him my revenge. By this, he's doing a chesed. He's silencing all the other judgments. He's also doing good, something good for the tzaddik. Because Nagaban is adding another element. When a tzaddik needs to go from level to level, he needs to ascend to the next level. Then they test him. How do they test him? They test him whether he whether he's, has the strength to stand in the chamber of the king. And what does this mean? And what is the chamber of the king? The chamber of the king is the mouth of the tzaddik. Why? For the mouth of the tzaddik is called hechal. The mouth is called hechal, chamber. Which is the numerical value of the name of Aleph, Dalet, Nun, and Yud. This name of a God, um, which spells out, which has a numerical value of 65, the same numerical value as hechal, which means chamber. And we know that Adnut, Sifatatiftach. Hashem opens up my lips, meaning the aspect of Aleph, Dalet, Nun, and Yud represents the lips, it represents the mouth. And we know uh, this name of Anud represents a, represents an attribute of Malchut, God's kingship. And we know that God's kingship represents Pe, the mouth. As it says in Tikkun Ezra, Malchut Pe. As it says, this is the aspect of the mouth, as it's brought down in the Hagdamal Zohar and Patach Al Yaw. Malchut Pe, Malchut is the mouth. So we see how all of this is connected. Malchut represents Adnu, the name of Aleph, Dalin, Nun, and Yud. And we know that Malchut represents the mouth. So we see that the mouth represents Adnut. And of course, Adnut has the same numerical value as Hechal. So we see that Hechal, the chamber of Hashem, represents the mouth of the Tzadik. And this Tzadik that is arguing against this, creating opposition against this, this big Tzadik, becomes a test for this Tzadik now. That the tzaddik who's, received, who's on the opposite end of this opposition, this strife, it's upon him to now withstand this opposition 
and to see whether you guys' strength to stand in the chamber of the king, withstanding the mouth of the tzaddik who fights him, being silent in that opposition and essentially judging them positively. By doing this, he elevates. Um, by doing this, this other tzaddik who's creating opposition against this, this great tzaddik elevates his other tzaddik. If the tzaddik is able to withstand his test, withstand this test, he elevates that tzaddik to another level. Of course, it's obviously all on the, it's all in the hands of this tzaddik who's receiving the opposition because it's whether he reacts that way or not. But if he reacts in the way that he should, in, by judging them posit- by judging him positively, finding the good in this other, uh, um, in this person who's causing him strife. He elevates himself to the next level. So we see that actually the other tzaddik was caused, this other person who's causing this big tzaddik um, suffering through this opposition is doing for him a good thing. That's a sign for us, those people, um, of course, like simple people like us, that whenever we are in the face of opposition, we too should be silent. And we too should accept the deen the way it is. Of course, especially because we're not as worthy as we think we are, and that uh, this is, of course, for many sins that we should be silent in the face of this opposition. Stay silent in the face of this opposition. And as Rabbi Natan said, uh, there was once a story, to finish off with a story, that when, um, after Rabbeinu had passed away, there was lots of strife against Breslev, especially against Rabbi Natan. The stories that Rabbi Natan had to go through, the, the things that he had to go through are unimaginable. unimaginable. We cannot even begin to describe the pain that he and his family had, went, had, had gone through. The stones that they were thrown, that were thrown at them. The times that Rabbi Natan, was, Rabbi Natan was put in jail. His writings were stolen. He was ratted out by people. Things that no person should ever have to go through. The suffering that he went through was immense. And yet, um, when Hirschberg, the philosopher, who was the one who brought Rabbeinu to Uman in the first place, Six months before Rabenu passed away, it was Hirschberg who invited Rabenu to Uman, and that's when Rabenu knew it was time to go. And uh, it was Hirschberg, this philosopher. He came to Rabbi Natan and he said, Let me put an end to all those who oppose you, and will create an easy route to be able to, to spread your te- the teachings of, the, of Rabbi Nachman. Rabbi Natan said, Do not do that, because the second I begin opposing them, the second I begin chasing them, then Hashem Bar takes side. With them, because Hashem Bach always takes side with the one who's chased. Therefore, it's uh, it's something important that when you are chased, when you are being opposed, when you are on the opposite side of Machloket, then you should know that Hashem is with you, and that you should be silent in the face of embarrassment and opposition, and judge them positively. So by doing so, Hashem Bach stands with you and he takes your side. Because Hashem may we always be on the um, the one on the side of being chased and never the one being chasing others, and. Um, um, in doing so, Hashem Yitbarach should grant us the strength to, to be humble in the face of opposition, in the face of embarrassment, and to draw close to these true tzaddikim, especially the true tzaddik, who is able to attain all these awesome things, and to do all these incredible things to rectify the souls of, um, of the Jewish people. That's it for today. Continue next class, um, starting with the Siman Tzaddik Zayn, next episode with Lesson 97 of Sikhotaran.